Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIF. Well, it's not Jack, it's Dan, Dan Parsons, uh, sitting in uh, on DTL tonight. Thanks for allowing me to have the mic. Uh, Caleb, uh, thanks for doing what you're doing, my friend, and making sure that uh, I don't mess this up too bad. No, it's fine. You, you just keep it, on a, <laughs> keep it on a straight line, and it'll just roll right along. Well, yeah, you're too kind. So, a little bit about uh, me just before we get to our guests. I, I'm really excited to talk to some uh, folks who are... Uh, uh, making Lincoln even a better place to work and live. And, and we'll talk to uh, Jason Ball, the president of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. But so, uh, you know, my entire career, Jason, as you probably know this, I've helped people either get in the news or out of the news. That's right. Depending on what they need. So I'm a, a public relations consultant and uh uh, our little operation called Parsons Public Relations. You know, I wasn't creative enough to call it something different than yeah. my name. So anyway, we've been doing that for 20 years. And prior to that, I kicked around state government and federal government. And, and so. Dan, I have to remind everybody that Parsons Public Relations is a proud member of the Lincoln Small Business Council. Yeah. You've been advising the Lincoln Chamber this year on what small business needs. Well, and thanks for that invitation. And that's a great group. Thanks, Jason, for teeing that up. And, yeah. uh you know, because because the because the, the Lincoln Chamber is not just about the big business here That's in the right. city. Uh, you represent uh, a lot of businesses and a lot of causes here in the city. Yeah, the the, the business environment that benefits uh, business growth if you're a big business also happens to benefit small business growth. And exactly. We're, we're very proud of of serving members of of all size from any industry, and we are here to just see more economic activity here in Lincoln. Well, and I wanted to uh, have this chat today, Jason, because uh, uh, the Chamber's been doing some behind-the-scenes uh, strategic planning and, uh, you know, taking Lincoln to, to the next level, uh, not resting yeah. on the success that we've had these many years, uh, uh, but uh, looking forward to see, you know, how can we continue to grow this city for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, and and so Vitality Lincoln mm-hmm. is uh, the brand uh, that you've landed on for yeah. uh, for this strategic plan, and and I know I know the uh, listeners uh, to KLIN have heard you uh, during the daylight hours. Uh-huh. Uh, thank goodness for uh, that we still have daylight at five, whatever it is <laughs> in the afternoon. Um, but um, but maybe the evening and the drive time listeners haven't mm-hmm. haven't heard your voice uh, that often. So I wanted to talk or uh, have you chat about, you know, what uh, this Vitality Lincoln, what the blueprint uh, looks like in moving this city forward. Yeah. No. Well, Dan, thank you for for having me on, and for anyone that may have heard me uh, in the morning hours talking about Vitality Lincoln, I apologize in advance. All the jokes are the same. <laughs> Uh, but, but the, the plan is something we're, we're very excited about. We released this publicly for the first time, uh, at our annual meeting last February, this last month here in, in Lincoln in front of 700 of our members. And this, this stretches all the way back to when I was interviewing for the position to potentially come here and replace Wendy Birdsall as the president of the chamber. And we knew with the search committee at that time, Lincoln was due for a new strategic plan. 
And the, the central question that we asked was, if we want to see Lincoln's economic growth and activity continue, what are the things that we're going to need to do? And we worked with uh, some amazing national consultants that have a combined over 80 years of experience of, of uh, advising communities in how to grow their economies. And, and what we ended up with was a really exciting plan. So happy to chat on more detail. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really like the fact that you had a 42-member steering committee. And this wasn't, because yeah. uh, I've heard you talk about this, this wasn't just the usual suspects of the people who you would see at the corporate table, right? You expanded that to some really uh, creative and diverse uh, folks who, who gave you some uh some thinking and uh, about where Lincoln could be. Yeah, no, we're we're very proud of the group that we gathered, and and yes, it includes uh, some of the larger industries like an Olson, uh, who's our board chair for the chamber this year, uh, that co-chaired uh, the the initiative. And so there are businesses you would expect to see on there. There are also lots of smaller organizations that maybe people wouldn't expect to see. The food bank was very involved. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurs uh, that are just starting, you know, within the first five years of their business were were engaged in it. Uh, we had the Community Foundation, uh, EduCare, uh, tra- early childhood education experts, you know, advising us on what we need. We had people uh, in that room that were involved in housing. So a lot of the things that we're talking about in this community, whether it be large-scale development or what kind of services we need for workforce, were part and parcel of the conversation. So um, what are some of the highlights, uh, Jason, of Vitality Lincoln? I, I know there's uh, we could we could spend the whole hour uh, talking about this and and uh, but what are some of the highlights that you want to talk about that uh, uh, from the study? Yeah, so the study highlighted six key initiatives, and for anyone that's interested in learning more, you can see the entire whole study of I think it's 150 pages on our website. All you have to do is go to lcoc.com, and there's a economic vitality box that'll come up on your landing screen, or you can get to lcoc.com/slash economic dash strategy lcoc.com slash economic dash strategy our six key initiatives dan are diverse talent we know that business needs more workforce here they need more skills for workforce and people need to be able to find their way through that workforce system um and so so they can get the skills they need and achieve the quality of life and and, and their their family dreams that they're trying to do economically and, and that workforce development is I suspect the number one thing you hear from absolutely across every industry. It didn't matter who we were talking to, um, and it's and the thing that we learned through the process of having such a, a large engaged group is you know it's not just about people plus jobs equals workforce. We have to have the support structures like early childhood education, um, housing that is affordable, and that can mean many things to many different people. But we need that that whole milieu of uh, housing product here. Um, in a, in a way that people can access. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to fuel our workforce needs. So we're very excited to push on that as, as the lead workforce development agency for the, the city. Um, and that's just one key area. Yeah. So uh, other key areas, distinctive destination assets. We've got to have an economy that pulls in visitors from outside of Lincoln to come here and stay the night here and experience what this city is. And even that gets back to supporting workforce because in the last three years, we know about 20% of the people that moved in the last three years 
moved to a community that they had first visited exactly. for, for one reason or another. Well, so it all and, ties together. And, and a little teaser, uh, Jeff Mall, Executive Director of Visit Lincoln, is going to join us here in a couple minutes uh, to talk about uh, all the great things that are going on and, and, and attracting people to the city. One of the things, Jason, that stuck out for me, and I, and I know as parents are uh, at, at, during drive time or picking up their kids and getting them where they need to be. Uh, a lot of people have hit the emergency button on childcare uh, here in Nebraska mm-hmm. in the city. And in fact, I just saw a statewide survey that uh, came out a few days ago that, uh, that said that uh, Nebraska voters are experiencing a childcare and early learning crisis that is hurting families, employers, and Nebraska's reputation as a great place to live, work, and raise a family. And mm-hmm. so you also address the need for uh, childcare. Uh, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And I, I want to clarify for folks that might be hearing this, you know, this is a new space for a chamber to be in, certainly. I think a business community, broadly speaking, is is a new space for businesses to be in. But we learned the hard way during the economic shutdown from COVID uh, that when child care goes away, even if someone is able to work and wants to work, um, if they don't have a safe place to leave their kids during the day, they're not going to be able to fully engage uh, in the workforce. Or if they're not sure about where they left them and they're there at work anyway, they're still not fully focused on on their work, right? So this is all about helping workforce achieve its its highest potential. And we will be working with partners like the Community Foundation, Lincoln Little's First Five, Educare, and many others uh, to help address these needs. This is not something yeah. where Jason Ball from the chamber yeah. is leading the conversation. Well, and that, that's right, because you do have a, a position of authority and a thought leader to be able to, to help bring together a coalition and others in this city to accomplish some of these goals. So I appreciate that. Well, um, I wanted to talk uh, before, and time is racing by here, but I wanted to chat a little bit about, well, don't let me stop you if there's something else. Um, One of the things, and and I've been uh, fortunate enough to sit on a task force that is talking about uh, the next economic development and touchstone project here in our city, the need for a convention center. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's been 10 years now since we uh, uh, built, uh, will be uh, this summer, since we uh, built uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, and I know at that time, Mayor Beitler and others considered the need for a convention center at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, with a with a recession and a downturn in the economy, and and really the price tag didn't want to continue to increase that price tag for that project. It was set aside. But now, uh, frankly, uh, Lincoln, uh, we're getting our butts kicked <laughs> by some of our friends in other cities uh, here in Nebraska. Um, and you know that's good. Competition is good, uh, but we're losing out on uh, on bringing people to Lincoln for conventions. And um, so one of the pillars of, of the new study is uh, the need for a convention center. Yeah, we're, we're very proud to, to have, have that as a, a key component of what we see as an economic vitality strategy. And what's, what's become clear from the groundwork that so many other folks have been doing, and I know Jeff's going to talk about this, is we know by studying the market that people want to come here. They want the experience that Lincoln offers. We just don't have the product they need. And by product, in this case, I mean the space for them to gather in. If we can provide that product, we know this market is is going to want to come here. And so it's going to be an important 
uh, economic driver. And, and thankfully, we've got Jeff Mall and his team that's uh, part of the chamber, but uh, with Visit Lincoln. Um, that are experts in this, and Jeff has been a leading voice on studying this and articulating what that market opportunity looks like. Yeah, so Jeff Mall uh, uh, with Visit Lincoln, and, and we are all learning to say that differently now, aren't we? You guys have done a really good job of doing that. Dan, thanks for having me. Jason, appreciate the kind words, but uh, yeah, tourism is kind of a big deal right now. And, uh, you know, just to talk about the convention center a little bit is, you know, we're currently only meeting 30% of our market demand. Our largest convention facility where we do the largest events is at the Cornhusker Marriott. Yep. They're turning away 70% of market demand. Wow. That 70% is out in Kearney. It's up at the Embassy Suites in La Vista. They may be even looking outside of the state and going to other markets across the Midwest. So uh, we've been, yeah, we're getting it handed to us. Yeah. And, and, and I think the thing that people have to understand is we're not, it, it, when we get to the point that we develop this box with docks in downtown Lincoln, which is what convention center vernacular is, mm-hmm. When we get to that point, it's about us working with Carney and working with La Vista and creating a healthy rotation for business. Yeah, because, Jason, uh, I, I know that uh, obviously the Lincoln Chamber is concerned with the Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, but, but we're not about uh, taking business away from other, Lincoln, or from other Nebraska communities. There is enough business uh, in, in this industry to support uh, many convention centers in this state. There, there is so much economic growth going on in the United States right now, writ large, and certainly including the visitor and tourism industry, that there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Nebraska as a whole to market its, its assets. What we've been working on this uh, legislative session and convention center is a great example, is we need to make sure that we have the right product offering that's going to bring people here, whether that's a new business in, in certain locations of the state that we we cannot accommodate yet or whether it's a a new space for people to gather and and celebrate in we need to make the smart investments now uh they're going to keep this economy and the the entire economy of the state uh, relevant in the next 10 years so jeff i know there's been a couple studies Mm -hmm. done uh and one of those studies identified five locations in downtown lincoln or in the downtown area that a possible convention center could be located uh so maybe talk about that real quick and then uh, give us an update of where we're at with uh, there's some legislation pending. Too. Yeah, so we've been through two phases of studies. Phase one was, you know, is there a need for it? Is the market there? We already talked about it. People want to be in Lincoln. I had identified five sites in downtown Lincoln. We didn't really consider a convention center being something citywide. It's about downtown, but it benefits the entire community Absolutely. in border to border. In Lancaster County, it's good for all of us. So there's five sites that have been identified. That is not the only five sites that we're looking at right now. The development community is super excited to be a part of this growth and development. They understand we're building the destination, so those are important things to do. So uh, phase two was how big, how much, and what does the capital stack look like? How are we going to pay for this thing? That's the mm-hmm. thing a lot of people want to know. Sure, We're looking at right now, based on today's construction costs, um, supply chain things that are out there are calling for about a $120 million project mm-hmm. to get this box built to get business back into downtown Lincoln. And there's a lot of really good space in downtown Lincoln that a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. And uh, there is a bill in the legislature from our f- friends, uh, our state senator friends uh, from Lincoln that would help with that price tag. Yeah. LB 709 is a piece of legislation drafted by Senator Wishart 
that would inject $60 million into a convention center in downtown Lincoln. This isn't something that Jason and I went over to the senator and said, we want you to introduce a bill to help this project. She came to us and said, I've heard you talk about it. I know the demand is there. And she put a piece of legislation together. It's working its way through the system. Politically, we got a long ways to go. Yeah. But at least the eyes and ears of our senators across this state are starting to see that there is a need to make Lincoln better, fund projects in Lincoln, because when Lincoln's healthy, so is the state of Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, before we let you go, mm-hmm. I just wanted to, again, give you an opportunity to uh, plug this study. How can people find out? Well, you mentioned it. Yep. Uh, what's kind of the final thought of how this study is going to continue to propel Lincoln to a to a, even a better place to work and live. Well, I, I will just share, we've talked about two out of six key initiatives. <laughs> and, so, and so real quick, we're talking about how we're going to grow this economy through targeted economic development in this plan, uh, how we're going to guide growth and investment in infrastructure in Lincoln, and how we uh, do development services through the city, through vibrant and balanced growth, uh, dynamic entrepreneurial and startup e- uh, yes. ecosystems here, and then telling the story externally through our compelling image and awareness campaign. You can find out more about all of that. Again, just go to lcoc.com. There's an economic vitality study box right there on our website, or you can find it at at lcoc.com slash economic dash strategy, lcoc.com slash economic dash strategy. Very good. Well, uh, Caleb, are we uh, ready for Yep, we'll take it to break. All right, come back. Uh, we'll finish up with uh, with Jason and Jeff, and then we're going to have a special guest in the second half. But uh, come back and join us, uh, 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. Well, welcome back to DTL, and it's not Commander Jack, it's uh, Dan, the PR man, and uh, joining me tonight, uh, Jason Ball, the uh, president of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Jeff Mall, the executive director of Visit Lincoln, and after the break, uh, if you're thinking about dinner and food, yeah. uh, we're going to bring in uh, Chef Kevin Shin to talk a little bit about uh, food and drink, and uh, which is a fun topic. And he is an expert in that space, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, Jason, uh, as we wind up this segment, I just wanted to be able to say thank you for your leadership. Uh, you've you've notched about a year now in, in yes. this position. Yeah. If people don't remember, uh, you were with the chamber and, and, and other aspects of uh, leadership in, uh, around the chamber, and then you took your family and you did some great things uh, in other cities across the country. Yeah, well, and we lured you back. We are we are having a great time right now, and it's again. I want to encourage people to go to lcoc.com. Um, it's an exciting time for this city. We have a bright future ahead of us, and uh, it's just been fun to come in and talk about it. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Hey, we'll be right back. Drive time, Lincoln. Drive. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. It's Dan Parsons. Uh, ask Dan, the PR man. Uh, and joining us for the second half of the show is Jeff Mall is back, uh, executive director of Visit Lincoln. And uh, for those of you who are thinking about uh, dinner, is it dinner or supper? I always had supper when I was a kid. Yeah, and is it geographic or is it generational? Anyway, uh, joining us is Chef Kevin Shen. You probably remember Kevin from the glory days of Bread and Cup, and Kevin has uh, reinvented himself and uh, still uh, putting food in front of people and making conversation. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Hey, before we get too far into this, Caleb, I was going to ask you, uh, what's the chances that I can be in shirt sleeves for the baseball game tomorrow afternoon? Um, well, the chances are you can make that decision in, at any point. <laughs> I, I have seen some of the folks that were at some of the home games already, and they were in short sleeves. Okay. It was not advisable. I think it might be an, uh, an okay decision tomorrow. Going to be a good one honoring a, a, few, a trio yes. of former Huskers, Jersey, uh, Jersey retirement ceremony. So that's going to be a fun one out there um, tomorrow evening, Haymarket Park, the conference home opener, well, conference opener as a whole. But yeah, I think you can get in short, short sleeves if you want. Take take a sweater, okay? Maybe take a hoodie in case you got to pull it back over it as the innings go on. But you can definitely go short sleeves. Yeah. So they're retire they're retiring uh, Darren Erstad's uh, jersey. Darren right? Erstad, Alex Rodriguez, and Shane Komenay oh, all going to be on hand. Komenay. How about Alex Gordon? You just said Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez was he a Husker? He should have been. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Dan's looking for a reason to show the guns, right? I, he, I, he wants that, to go sleeveless. Yeah, that's right. No, I was just. I looking. don't understand why you're not in just short sleeves right now. Well, yeah. Well, uh, there's a reason for that. But anyway, well, uh, I wanted to have this conversation as we talked uh, with Jason Ball, uh, president of the Lincoln Chamber, uh, in the first half of the show, and talking about their new initiative of how do we continue to grow uh, this great city of ours and make it even a better place. To to work and live and obviously as we're all thinking about at 539 of maybe what's for dinner i thought it'd be nice to have a discussion about uh, our food culture here in lincoln and jeff uh, and and the three of us are not strangers uh, in front of uh, a mic and in front of food and and drink uh, we've done this before we have 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago august yeah. I, I think uh, was the the last time i think the three of us really put our heads together we bloodied our foreheads because our idea was how do we open Pinnacle Bank Arena with a splash, and how do we create this farm to fork? Just in because th- it was already there, farm to fork was already happening. But Kevin and Dan came together with this idea of bringing together what twelve local chefs, mm-hmm. seven mixologists, all for one great night with uh, bizarre chef host Andrew Zimmern. Yeah, guys, I mean that was fun, Shin. It was great fun. It was great to have that many colleagues together working uh, toward a common goal. Yeah, because you managed the kitchen. You managed all 12 of those uh, chefs uh, and, and the mixologists. And, uh, 
Yeah, that was a pretty uh, 250 people. So yeah, we came up with prior to that, the couple years prior to that, a little project. You know, when I get bored at Parsons Public Relations, I either start a podcast or, in this case, uh, ten years ago, uh, we started uh, Lincoln Secret Supper, and this is fun little idea. And Kevin was a major component of that. And and we do these uh, simple little dinners in in places that people didn't you didn't know where you were going, you didn't know exactly what the food was going to be, and uh, we did these. Great Great uh, dinners for fifty or sixty people, and uh, and it <clears throat> and and we built that to uh, we served about two hundred and fifty people at the first event at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's a big table. I sat in the middle of the table while Kevin's working in the back of the house. Dan's going around shaking every hand. I had my napkin tucked into my collar. I had my fork in one hand and my knife in the other. And I said, "Bring it on." And you brought it. And we did. I think, I'd say, I, think I tried oxtail for the first mm-hmm. time that night. I remember that because I haven't had oxtail since. Because you don't see it a lot, but the elevation of food happened, I think, in in just a big way that night. And Kevin, you've been a big part of that, and it's just so great to know you're still active in the community, trying to make food better and, and make it more accessible to a lot of people. Yeah, it was uh, it was really fun to and to think of it as a seminal event. You know, that's there are a lot of things that kind of uh, you know spurred out of that and uh, but i think it's an example of what we can do what we can be and where we can go yeah yeah well I'll catch our listeners up because i know you got a lot of fans out there of of what kevin shin is up to these days and reinvented yourself and and you're doing a micro restaurant that's right um it all happened because of covid um a lot of bad things happened because of covid but it spurred my new culinary direction and it started may 2020 with a request from a friend to um, cook for them because their um, uh, plans for their anniversary uh, got canceled because of COVID. And so they asked me if I would cook for them. Long story short, it led to 38 opportunities. That, of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is, uh, it's, it's a micro restaurant. In other words, it, it is one table a night and uh, it is a private dinner club. Basically you, ha- you have to have an invitation to be there, uh, but it is your table the whole night, and you don't have to hurry, and I don't have to turn that table. Uh, so I'm doing things now in that setting that I could have never done in the restaurant business. And so in many ways, it's it's a better fit for me now in this season of my life. And, and just so we know, uh, it, this is all legal, the health department and the liquor department, liquor commission, uh, you're following all the rules yep. and, and providing, you're still doing... Uh, what you've been doing for for many years now is providing an atmosphere uh, for people to not only enjoy great food, great drink, but conversation around the table. Well, I, I think what I discovered is uh, during the pandemic, uh, the hospitality industry was just uh, destroyed. No places open, but still need to celebrate a birthday or an anniversary or uh, a special occasion. And this opportunity was met with um, these, uh, these circumstances. I, I think what I saw play out was deeper conversations, deeper connection. Sure. Because uh, we all lost something significant. Many of us lost family members and friends, and we lost businesses, we lost jobs, and all loss has to be grieved, right? We can't just pass by it and hope that it gets back to normal. And I watched that happen. 
these these conversations around the table. I always keep a box of Kleenex hmm. out there. Yeah. Because you give someone a chance to sit for two, three, four, and sometimes five hours, it's all their space and time. Someone's taking care of them. That conversation is eventually going to turn uh, significant. Well, and Jeff, you obviously saw firsthand uh, what uh, the pandemic did to the restaurant and <clears throat> and the hotel industry, and and uh, and we survived. And you saw that up close. Well, we did, and I think you have to think about what everybody did in the community to help keep those people employed and help keep the restaurant in in hospitality industry afloat. I mean, tongue in cheek, we had the get a room in in Lincoln campaign, yep. and that was encouraging people to get out of their own home get back into what we considered a very safe environment in hotels. They're probably cleaner than they've ever been, not that they weren't before. But you remember we started talking about carryout, and we started about carrying out alcohol, and our city did a great job of of flexing and finding ways to make that work because I think tourism and hospitality is, is now on the radar as a significant economic engine because of the pandemic. I mean, I can hang my head all day about what it did to us and how we were so close to not coming back, but think about the acknowledgement that this is a vital part of our economy. Well, and as we talked in the first segment, uh, if we're going to build this convention center, uh, we're going to attract more and more people to our fine city. Uh, people are going to continue to come here uh, in, in hopes of finding something maybe that's familiar to them in food and drink, but also hopefully being adventuresome and looking for something different. And so I just wanted to have a conversation with the two of you about what that might look like, what we might begin to dream about here in Lincoln to continue to elevate the food culture, and how can we serve those people that are coming in from not only from greater Nebraska and, and other places in Nebraska, but from our region. Uh, you know, what does that food culture look like, and how does... This idea that Kevin has, has stumbled onto, not stumbled, you have purposely built of this micro restaurant, um, you know, what does that look like in the, in the years ahead? I think it's going to take two things. One, it's going to take the entrepreneur. It's going to have to take the one with the idea, the vision, the passion, the drive, the youth, the, the stamina. I don't quite have all of that <laughs> anymore, but I've got a few of those. And in, but it's also going to take some, uh, Folks who believe in that person yep. that uh, can understand how to invest into that young entrepreneur that doesn't have the capital or they, they don't have the deep resources, but they've got an amazing gift and vision. And I, I hosted uh, three I, I called them emerging chefs that were a part of my Portico experience mm -hmm. and gave them three weeks, which was, was completely their menu. And they ran with it. So they have the ability. It's quite clear that they have the, uh, the culinary chops. They just need a, a leg up in the form of someone who believes in them and can invest in them and thus invest in our community. Well, and, and Jeff, uh, again, just going off from the Vitality Lincoln uh, study, uh, one of the emphasis is Lincoln Neighborhoods. Yeah, and, and to hear Kevin talk about that in the, in the great way that you kind of led him into really where we wanted to go with this conversation was one of the pillars in the destination component of our vitality strategy was to create a network of dynamic, connected, mixed-use activity hubs in Lincoln, expanding niche opportunities for travelers to enjoy pockets of our community and find ways to energize entrepreneurship. 
That has exactly what Kevin's talking about written all over it. I mean, because you think about a lot of times what people talk about when they go to Omaha. They don't talk about going to Omaha for food. They talk about going to the Benson District. They talk about going to, what, the Blackstone District Mm -hmm. and all these different areas. Those are food destinations. Those are niche opportunities to go enjoy food. And I'd like to think people talk about Lincoln that way, but they don't. They just don't. And I think we're kind of on the cusp, and I think this vitality study gives people like Kevin and others in the industry just the ability to come together and find money and find just people that are willing to invest and, and making better restaurant opportunities. Well, we we have the neighborhoods. You bet we do. You can we can call, count them off right now, just like we you did in the neighborhoods in Omaha. So we I think the the infrastructure is here. The the com- sense of community in these little pockets of of our city are here. We just uh, we need some vision and some dollars behind it that can push it forward. Well, and and one of the things that I think is overlooked uh, uh, here in Lincoln is our diversity uh, of our culture and because of that diversity uh, you know immigrants come here and settle here from all over the world a very dynamic uh, settlement uh, operation from from both Catholic Social Services and Lutheran Family Services and bringing people from around the world to settle in Lincoln and because of that uh, think of the neighborhoods and the community in our community that have built up over the years and some of the wonderful, diverse food that we get to enjoy. Um, you know, one of one of my favorite places is North 27th and enjoy all of those ethnic restaurants. Uh, I mean, to me, that is a selling point to bring people to a community that maybe they've not thought about. Uh, corn and beef, is that all you have here? No, we have much more than that. That area uptown is the first place I recommend. Oh, yeah. Where should I go eat, Chef? Oh, well, just start at 27th Street uh, and O and just go north, and you'll find all kinds of amazing uh, uh, international food. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the other thing, too, we have to think about really quick is this vitality. When all this, all these areas that we've talked about, Jason did a great job of laying this out all earlier. When we get all of these areas worked through, we've got to do a better job of, of taking it from three guys talking about what they did last night and where they're going tomorrow to taking to the rooftops of downtown Lincoln, the top of the state capitol, and, and telling our story globally yes. about being a great food destination because Lincoln people do not do a good job of telling the story to others that need to come here and see us. They love to talk about one another, about what you do last night. Mm-hmm. You know, where'd you eat? Where are you going tomorrow? We've got to do a better job of storytelling. And, and what we're going to do at the Chamber is tell that better story, and we've got a lot of things to talk about. Well, we're, we're an agricultural state. Yes. We should be boasting about the food that we can grow here and i just think that's such a beautiful opportunity that we can uh expand on because we've got great local farms that i buy from yes and, um it, so that should be another one of our calling cards yeah yeah we want we want to go beyond being the best kept secret right i'm done with that <laughs> i really am <laughs> well listen let's take uh our next break here and we'll come back and finish off uh Saturday, more clouds, slight chance at a shower here and there, and temperatures in the lower 50s. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rusty Dawkins. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. 
Hey, it's Ask Dan, the PR man, filling in tonight, uh, public relations consultant, and it's my joy. Uh, this has been fun, guys. Uh, Jeff Maul, executive director, of visit Lincoln, and Chef Kevin Shin. Um, you know, guys, as we uh, wind down here, uh, and again, I don't know about anybody else, but it's almost uh, you know it's five fifty-six. It's uh, dinner time, supper time. It's time to think about food. And so, Kevin, uh, your micro restaurant, the Portico, that you do uh, uh, in, in, at your home in, in here in Lincoln. What are some, and, and you serve, uh, you know, a handful of people, uh, one seating a night. Uh, what are some of the, what are people wanting in food these days? Are there trends? Are there dishes that, uh, you know, how do, how do you deal with that? Uh, with people wanting to try something new. Right. Well, the first question I ask when someone uh, contacts me is I ask, are there any food restrictions or dietary concerns? So I can tailor the entire evening based upon that one restriction or, you know, what, whatever the need is. Uh, that's unusual. I had a gentleman that had a very severe allergy to meat protein. Oh, wow. Like EpiPen type reaction and i was able to craft the entire menu so he didn't have to worry about it because he's always worried about it he can't go out to eat and because he's just thinking you know well is this going to have something in it and so that's one is i can tailor make an experience for my guest that is safe and it is delicious and memorable um i think with that is um uh what are people looking for is this a celebration or is this a a lot of it is just simply friends wanting to get together to connect. And because I give them that kind of space, um, the, the conversation, again, just, just turns to good places. But also, the, the other thing is I'm your host, I'm your bartender, I'm your chef, uh, I'm, you know, and so I give you a very, very personal experience. And, and you know, a lot of people, that's why people uh, enjoy that experience of going out. It's not, <clears throat> it's not only being seen and, and enjoying friends, but it is. It's connecting uh, with the people who are serving our food. Um, I think that's pretty cool. And uh, so are there, what, what's, the, uh, what's the hottest dish right now that people... Turnips. Turnips. Believe it or not. These little salad turnips, and I'm, I, I make people mad at the market because I get there really early and I buy up as many as I can from uh, this one vin- vendor. But they're, they're small, they're sweet, easy to uh, grow, and they're easy to serve. Okay. I, think, I think we just lost Caleb from the board. He just fell over when you said turnips. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife knows. <laughs> hey, well, thanks. Turn- Turnips are the new beats. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us tonight on Drive Time Lincoln. Uh, thanks to Jess- Jason Ball, Jeff Mall, and Chef Kevin Shin. And enjoy the weekend. Oh, it's only Thursday. Enjoy some women's basketball coming up.